So you're a huge fan of Atlanta United. And you want Dave to give you the latest insights to our tactics. Pineda, five in the back, are you kidding me? Or maybe you can't effing believe we signed Don Dwyer and you want to hear Mikey Dobbs rant about it. Well, you've come to the right place. I'm David Katz. And I'm Mike Dobbs. And this is the the ATL on Fire podcast. everybody welcome back to another episode of atl on fire the podcast where we talk all things football including the world cup dave how's it going good we got a lot of stuff going on here i feel like we're one step away from being like whisked through some kind of portal to the future i know we're <laughs> trying true can that happen we're, we're we're trying new software i'm i'm trying my own patience carmen how you hanging in there just barely by a thread when by the producer thread. is at as at the end then we're in big trouble well here's the scary she's the only one who's composed around here yeah and besides all this new technology they put a camera on me yeah Yeah. we don't want any of that virginia is for lovers i like it (laughs) and folks um we can bring guests into the show dave what carmen's gonna uh, go to our twitter account right now and she's gonna send that tweet out Oh gosh! Of uh, course, there's two different yeah. ones. Okay, yeah, just, here we go. Uh, no, ah! you, yeah, that one right there. You're on this one. Yeah, hit tweet. Here Look we at that. go and tweet. Yeah, if somebody wants to join, Dave, they're welcome to join the show. All right. Um, so there's a link on the Twitter. I would like to join. You could also, um, you know, put that link in the uh, the live chat too. That might be a good idea as oh, well. Goodness, here we go. I know, right? <laughs> um, Anyway, uh, how's it going, Dave? What are, what are we drinking here? It's going great. Uh, I brought a Sonoma Cabernet from the Alexander Valley. Gabriel Ashley, 2020 Cabernet Sauvignon. What do you think? Uh, I haven't had a oh. sip yet. <laughs> I'm Carmen, having... what do you think? Delicious. Yeah, it's Delicious. really good. Yes. <laughs> it's really good. I think I outdid myself this time. I'm finishing up the uh, Josh Well, cab. good. You just stay on that, and, yeah. and we'll be fine. Carmen and I are fine. Yeah, I'm good. Why is this? Yeah, you, you just take your time with. You that may one. have to go to uh, the um, the uh, middle. Yeah, that one right there has got it. Got so. it. Okay. Um, there you go. Yeah, uh, lots of soccer overload in the last two. Wait, weeks. there's it's been, been soccer. It's on? been phenomenal. Are you sure? <laughs> I've almost OD'd, but I, really? missed, I missed a lot of the games today, though. Unfortunately, uh, do you remember in the, the very very beginning? Um, the beginning of soccer, uh, there was the Fox soccer channel, right? They first started yep. out with a Fox soccer channel. Max Bratos was always on as the guy on Fox yep. soccer channel. And they had a commercial for the Fox soccer channel on Fox. And the guy would be like dribbling down the street, doing all these tricks. And he fell flat on the thing. And they were like, Oh my God, he died. And then he had like a diabetic bracelet and it had a soccer ball. And it's like, don't worry. This guy just needs some football. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So that's where you are. You've overdosed on football. Yeah, I definitely have. Uh, but unfortunately, that's not possible. Our, our OD on U.S. soccer has unfortunately come to an end. Aww. It's sad, isn't it? Yeah. Wait, there's no uh, escape clause back in the tournament, you know? No. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> so if, if England goes out on penalties, the U.S. gets to assume their place or something? Yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll admit that we're out. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, I think we had a decent World Cup, you know, considering where I predict us, which was not getting out of the group um, and, yeah. and playing poorly, right? Which is was the worst thing. So overall, like, I mean, you felt like you saw a different brand of U.S. soccer talent than in previous World Cups where yeah. it had to be all grit and grind. Um, I think we saw a little of both, which was good. Uh, up level in possession style football, attractive football, but also – um, you know, it, the players played with heart, which was good to see. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly a great generation. I, I have this conversation maybe scheduled for the end, but we could start with it. You know, I wanted to talk about Klinsman versus Burhalter and yeah. the timing of the coaches. You want to go through the games first or you want to go right to that? Let's go to the games. All right. Um, so the last podcast we talked about the 1-1 draw against uh, Wales, Wales. And so we played the... Uh, the English the Brits uh, on that glorious Friday had a great party here. The mm-hmm. pork turned out great people. Not since oh, Lexington. Uh, so and I replicated it again. So, I, yeah, I've got the formula down for the green egg pork butt. Not since Lexington and Concord have we skirmished so well with oh, the British. <laughs> but let's talk about that game. Um, you know, it started out um, – with the U.S., I would say, on the front foot, would you agree, for the My first My first 10? note is early KG affair, England with a lot of possession, but not far up the field. Yeah. And any <laughs> anything funky in the starting lineup that really drove you crazy in the England game? No, I mean, you know, the as we talked about, you know, and we'll continue to talk about square peg through round hole, right? The fact that we have to play with, with a striker. striker. It was Sargent in the first game. Then all of a sudden it's Haji in the second game. And if you had told any U.S. soccer fan that starting in the second game of the World Cup against England, any time during qualifying, that the starting striker would be Haji, would they have believed you? Nope. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. And that's a problem, I think. You don't want to be going into... You know, the second match, the biggest match of the group stage, and you got a striker who's basically never played with the team before. Now, Sargent in that game, I will say, is the best I've seen him play for the U.S. men's national team. In the first game, you mean? No, or the England game is he played. When he came he? off the bench. Or was it Iran that he No, played? Iran, he came one. back. Okay. You're talking okay. about Iran. Okay. Yeah, the second game, Haji gotcha. yes, played yeah, the whole so. time. In fact, I don't think even Sargent played okay. at all. That's right. That's right. Um and remind me of the goal scoring sequence in the England game. So there is no goal scoring sequence in the England game. It's no, zero, zero, it's draw. a zero, zero draw. Oh, yeah, it's question. a trick question. Like uh-huh. he's uh, <laughs> trying, to, trying to throw us off. No, nobody scored. Yeah, it was a cagey affair the whole way. Now, what were our best chances? Um, we didn't really have many good chances. That Pulisic upper 90 shot that. Hit, yeah. the, hit the crossbar right was like our one of our closest moments yeah that's I the one so, that's, yeah that's the one that's coming to mind that was the most. One. and mckinney i feel like had a couple yeah that he well, probably would want back yeah I, I'm, I'm getting my games mixed up but um the the, yeah. the one that, that that i don't remember the ballistic hitting the bar at all i do remember everybody showing the mckinney one there was a cross in the box it was a little bit behind him and he you know skied it over and people said oh he should have done better i mean there was very little chance for him to score yeah, that it chance. Tough. It was yeah. half chance at best. Yeah. And Pulisic was a half chance too, but the way that he unleashed on it, mm-hmm. 
it was a sweet attempt. To be fair, England had very little chances either. The 10th minute, the, their really only great chance of the game was in the 10th minute. Um, mm -hmm. Kane could have scored. There was a cross back, and Zimmerman blocked it after a great overlapping run from Sop. There was one more for Kane, too. It was at the very end of the game, that header that he whiffed. Remember, he got he just, yeah. he just headed it wide of the goal. Yeah. I mean, Kane doesn't usually miss. I mean, he got all his head on that, and he just put it wide of the goal. Yep. So okay. that was a super dangerous chance. So yeah. th those are it, right? That's it. Um, so the rest of the game really to look at is, um, you know, o overall, I felt like we were winning duels in the midfield. I feel like we dominated in the midfield throughout the game. Um, I was shocked that Bakayo Saka, is, is that how you pronounce his name? Bakayo Saka? I don't know how you pronounce his first name. Uh, I just sure. call him Saka. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he was, yeah, he's he young was in, and great. He was a young and great, and I was going to be terrified of him in that game. Yep. Didn't see him. Yeah, he disappeared. So how, did, how is he not running by Reem? Because uh, he was matched up against Jedi. Oh, that's right. He's on the right side. Yeah. And yeah, Jedi, yeah, he's he's got some wheels. But I even that matchup, right, Yudik? But that shows the quality of... Uh, well, yeah, we Anthony really Robinson. dominated in the midfield, which meant that, you know, those guys didn't get isolated that often, right, right. on one-on-one. -on -one. I will say that, and here's my my um, foreshadowing, in the 15th minute, uh, no, sorry, in the 12th minute, um, Tim Ream wouldn't come out far and mark Kane because he was really worried, right? He right. let Kane dropped off a little bit, and he let him come back and just have all possession, be able to turn and play. And it didn't cost us in this game. But what happened was, in the 15th minute, the same thing happened again. It was Zimmerman not coming out to Mark Saka. And um, what it was doing, it was causing our center midfielders to track back. I mean, you had Weston McKinney, Tyler <laughs> Adams tracking back to cover the strikers. Yeah. And um, I think we're going to talk about it later, but um, and maybe uh, Carmen, if we haven't done it yet, maybe could try pulling up the highlights of uh, of the loss where we go out to the Netherlands because I'd like to actually go through some of that. But, um, you know, I think that, that we talked about at the beginning of the tournament. Where is our problem? Our weakness is in the center back. Tim Reen is old. He's slow. Would the high line be a problem? We, people get behind him. The answer to that was sort of no. Right. But there is another problem to that because he was so worried about it and was slacking off. It was causing problems for our midfield the whole time. And I noted it a couple of times and it's going to really come back and bite us against the Netherlands. Yeah. Now, Carmen, if we want to put you to the test, if you open a new tab and go to YouTube oh my goodness. and turn the volume all the way down. Um, yeah. If you go back to the uh, the fancy new software, you can share. Oh, uh, and it should should be able to add to dynamic just like a guest or a speaker. So um, all you're doing is sharing a tab in uh, all right. in, in here. But I would turn the volume down so it doesn't. Uh, On the YouTube. Yeah. Right. Okay. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Give it a shot. We'll give it a shot. We'll try to get there for you. Yeah. Because I would if we can. I'd like to show just the highlights of that match. Yeah. Okay. My bad. I should have mentioned it earlier. <laughs> of the, which, which match again? Sorry. Just the, 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 the Netherlands. The highlights of the Netherlands. Okay. Um, so I thought, you know, we did a really, really good job defensively overall. I thought we were really, really good about being a little bit of patience, um, you know, having patience. Um, 
The interesting thing, and again, I'm going to contrast this to the Dutch game, right? So one of the things about Burhalter is a pretty patient buildup, right? Yeah. So in this game, we pass the ball and pass the ball. It allows our backs to get up the field. We kept possession of it, the whole thing. And that's really good when a team is better than you because if they don't have the ball, then it's good. The problem with that really, really patient buildup is that it's not that dynamic and it's hard to break yeah. people down. They get they get behind the ball too, right? And if you have a good team, it gets harder and harder for those guys to create chances. So what what's your grade US versus England overall? A, oh, I have to B, say C, I mean it's very hard a. to say pure A or A plus because you would say with this quality team, if we had had our greatest ever match, maybe then we could have come out and blitzed them and beat them two nothing or something. So maybe a minus, but it's close to perfect. Yeah. Like, I mean, we did really well. Yeah. And do you think we would have won that game if Harry Kane was in our team? Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, I, I mean, cause he's trying to play with that striker and Harry Kane just makes those perfect runs. I hate to say it. Um, because I actually think Burhalter did a pretty good job, and I think my the end I'll, I'll I'll give away the punchline. I think Burhalter was exactly the coach that he was in MLS, which was pretty good, right? Yeah. Not fantastic, not horrible, but pretty good, right? And I think that was the exact problem here, right? That um, ultimately we did pretty well, right? But could we have done better? We'll talk about it. You know what I forgot to do, Dave, is light a fire. Okay. Because this is a gotcha. fire. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that, you know, I mean, England was pretty happy with the draw. You could tell that because um, in the 68th minute, they brought in Henderson for Bellingham, which, um, which was really a defensive sub. Right. And um, so they were clearly pretty happy with the draw. The one thing I liked, we had two corner kicks in the 58th minute and the 63rd minute. Yeah. And we had a pretty nice play going where we had a pick going um, to get Zimmerman wide open at the back post. And McGuire made a fabulous play to get back and just flick ahead over him because Zimmerman was wide open on the back post. Yeah. So credit to the staff and Burhalter. It was a pretty good corner kick play. What happened to that defense in the Netherlands game? Mm. Well, this was, I was talking about us offensively, but, um, but yeah, I mean, the defense, we're going to talk about that. Um, and I'll give it to you even in this game. So at the end of this game, right, against England, right, he brings in Shaq Moore um, instead of DeAndre Yedlin. And Shaq Moore is supposed to be a better defensive player than Serginho Dast, right? And I could not believe it. You know, you come on as a defensive right back sub with 10 minutes to go, right? And a 0-0 game against England is clearly to kill off the game. And he's flying up the, 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 the down the right side like it's the third game of the MLS season. Yeah. Like, what in yeah. the world was he thinking? And Des was playing really good defense, right? In that yeah. game, in that game, Des stayed back the whole time, right? So we always had four back because we had, you know... Uh, Basically, Tyler Adams, the two center backs, and Des always back. And Jedi was the one that was bombing up. Jedi was really, really forward. <laughs> but there is a moment with about five minutes to go, basically, in extra time against England. Jedi is already way up the field. And um, 
and Shaq Moore goes flying up the field. And at that moment, they left the two center backs alone in the back in a 0-0 game against England. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, I'm all for continuing to go and try to get the goal, but that's reckless. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really just reckless. And Shaq Moore showed, like, he was, like, out to prove something. Right. And you got to be a team player. Like, you got to know your role. If you're not the starter, you got to know why are you there. If you're going to mm-hmm. get in the game, it's because he believes that you're a better defender than Serginio Dest, or maybe he's tiring. Maybe he's right. had injuries or whatever. But you're there to come in and kill the game off. Yeah. Like, you got to have some awareness of that. I mean, I thought it was really, really awful. Yeah. That was, uh, it was squeaky bum time at the end there, too. It was real nail biting time. Yeah. Um, so what else on the England match? Anything? I think that's it. Overall, yeah. it was a terrific performance, a zero, zero draw. We got to be happy with it. Um, and really felt after that game, you felt like there was such a loss opportunity in the Wales game. Like that really settled in. You're like, man, why didn't we win that game? Um, yeah. Should have found in the, retrospect, in retrospect, yeah. should have found the second goal. But in fairness to Burhalter. The, you know, it's opening game in the World Cup. You don't know that Wales isn't going to turn out to play all that well. And, you know, for it to be a bit cagey affair, like we were a little unlucky. I'm not, I don't, I don't think that's terrible. With the exception that we're going to talk about how I never thought through all of qualifying and all of this tournament, we never really had moments where we were full throttle offensively we never had moments where we thought our young guys are just going to threaten you all the time and i think our team is good enough for that and i think that falls on burhalter that we never found an identity now sometimes you have that identity and it doesn't come through in the big stage in the world cup maybe england snuffs it out or whatever but i didn't really think we ever had the opportunity to be full throttle do you know why i i think i do it's because Gio Reyna and Aronson were not on the field. That's one reason, yeah. It's a big one. It's a big one. Aronson, every time the guy comes in the field, it's positive, positive. And I know I talked about it weeks ago before the World Cup, but what do you think about the fact that Gio Reyna got so many few minutes? Well, it makes perfect sense to me once you become 100% committed to having a striker in the game. So if you're the U.S. and you're 100% committed to having what a a quote-unquote true striker in the game, even with three forwards, that leaves two. Pulisic's going to be on there all the time. you got to figure, right? He's the the elder statesman in the group, if you will. You're not going to take Wea off. And Wea really – well, you could have. You could have imagined that Wea could have been beaten out, but he ended up being the guy who got the first chance, and he really took it, Yeah. right? And he was good during qualifying. So when you have that, by definition, you can only get two of those guys on the field. Now – Obviously, if you are, for example, Brazil, and you have six center forwards or whatever, you can't put a formation in to have six forwards playing on the field at any one time. So there has to be a limit. But with a front three, you could have had three of those guys in the game at times. Maybe not against everybody, because as I felt in qualifying, the the times when the, the square peg through the round hole of putting Sargent or Haji Wright or whoever, Ferreira... All the guys who were in there, Pepe was in there for a while. When that worked, 
was against the lesser teams. They really helped us break down the lesser teams because we were getting so many crosses and all kinds of things. They were scoring goals left and right. Yeah. But any time in qualifying, and the same thing happened in the World Cup, that we played a really good team, they just disappeared. Yeah. And so in my opinion, this team, you had to... You have to actually have a better way of attacking, and we'll get. I keep talking about it. We'll get to it in a minute. But um, the other thing is, there is no reason why you can't have a formation with three of them in the game. I think we talked about it, but Pulisic could have been the true false nine in the middle, yeah. and then you have um, two of the other guys outside. It's Wea and Gio or, or Aronson, or Aronson yeah. right? And you have a backup guy who you can, you know, if, if sometimes if you put your three best strikers in the game you have nobody to bring off the bench but we have four of them yeah and that's the great thing about um had you started the way we wanted to with the false nine concept you're putting the horsepower of either rain or aronson on with Wea and pulisic i mean it's all your horsepower and you still have one of those in the stable you know uh on top of haji and sergeant as powerful forwards if you want to bring if things aren't working right and you got to change it up and bring them on as a is a change i like going that i would have rather seen that type of philosophy now we made it out of the group stage um holland was always going to be a tough game but. in the england game though i mean if you're john stones and harry Maguire, right you had to be you know, laughing out loud, saying huh? they put in Haji, a guy who's big and strong and physical, against two guys who are even bigger, strong and physical. And they're like, we love that. We yeah. just don't want to see Reyna and Pulisic yeah. and Wea interchanging and confusing and having them in space running at us. We don't want to see that at right. all. Right? I mean, Maguire is no longer a starter at Manchester United because every time they freaking play against Man City, they've got four guys interchanging whatever, and Maguire is like, where'd he go? Right? <laughs> he just can't handle that. Yeah. But that's what we could have done to them. So. so we go into what is always going to be a highly charged game against Iran. Right. Um, and that was on, what day was that, a Tuesday? Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Again, on the back deck with folks cheering, cheering on the U.S. It was awesome. It was. First great. off, it's just so much fun to watch. <laughs> good weather, watch the US good game. Play. Oh. Yeah, it was. It was living. It was. Right? It was living. It really was. Um, and I, I, again, I think the only change there was instead of Haji Wright, we had Sargent, right? And it was no. There's a oh, second change. The second change was Vickers versus Cameron Carter. Vickers. Yeah, that was the other big one. And you're like, I don't have, it, we're like, we don't have a problem with Vickers, but why, why now, why play that curveball with, I mean, he, you're kind of gambling at that point. It, you, the game will work because he looked fabulous, but it was a gamble. He played really, really well, but I still think in a game, and I, again, great, you know, to have another guy. And um, the moment that Robinson went down, the moment he did, in the Atlanta United game, right? When yeah. he clearly tore his Achilles and he was clearly going to be out. That is the moment that if you're Berhalter, you're like, I have to find a number one other center back. He should have tried Tim Ream. He should have tried Cameron Carter-Vickers. He didn't try either of those guys, yeah. right? Yeah. And yet there they were in the World Cup <laughs> playing for the first time. So 
that is a huge indictment. He never got that right. And I think nobody's really going to talk about it, but I am. I think that it cost us. And I'm going to hopefully try to prove it to you with the highlights in the Dutch match. Okay. okay. So, Iran, again, we played very well, though. Um, yep. It, it, we started out really well. Started out really well. And we end the first half with... The goal that you want always before halftime. We the pressure was coming. Like yep. you knew a goal was coming. It was like one of those moments. Goal's coming. Goal's coming. Sure enough, ball comes across. Pulisic does what he does. He he does great at crashing into the box. I've seen him do it a million times at Chelsea. Um, and he's yeah. great at making that late run in the box. Oh, so good at it. Right. And um, and this is why he could be a false nine because he can make a run through yeah. the box and he can finish. He showed that. And that goal and this game, to me, was all about the magic of Serginho Dest. And I'm going to say it now because I'm going to turn around and probably critique later, particularly him and Jedi. But the yeah. magic of Serginho Dest, and maybe all right backs in all of world football right now, is going forward. And Serginho Dest is particularly good at it. Yeah. And he makes an absolutely stunning run into the box. Weston McKinney finds him. He ends up in the six-yard box, heads it back across for Pulisic to score. Yeah. So, I mean, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I thought Des in that game was lights out. Yeah. And, and, and that is what he is made for because – so, Serginho Dest is really clever in spaces. He's good on the ball. He's got yes. two good feet. He can score a goal. And when – I think, to be honest, you know, he's made to be an attacking midfielder, if you will. But what makes him so dangerous and what makes that such a dangerous role as a right back is when he's doing that from right back, there's nobody accounting for him, right? Yeah. Because if you're the England back line, if you're Luke Shaw, right? Luke Shaw is already preoccupied with taking Wea, our right of the front three, right? So now if, if Wea is doing some run and he made a sort of run underneath, Serginho Dest is showing up. The guy who's supposed to be tracking Serginho Dest is their left midfielder, yeah. right? So, you know, it's Osaka or yeah. I don't even know who was playing left midfield for them at that point. Yeah. But, you know, um, that is a huge advantage. And Serginho Dest is going to win that battle every time. It's really, really good. Yeah. Right? There's a flip side to it, which we'll get to. Um, yeah. All right. And I want to say that the other thing that about this game is that uh, Tyler Adams. So, Tyler Adams breaking up counterattacks in this game was a one-man. He literally just stuffed Iran in their own end for yeah, he, 75 minutes. It was a, a game-changing type of performance by him. I think that was the one that gets him on all the interviews. Um, you know he's solidified himself as the captain of the U.S. men's national team. Yeah, he was pretty much flawless throughout the World Cup. Did you see his interview with the Iranian journalist? I heard about it. I didn't see it um, on USA Today or whatever when they're interviewing uh, Tyler Adams about that. You know, it's just guys. Carmen, did you see this? Nothing but class. I, I saw his response to the big question. I yes. didn't see the whole thing. So, yeah, yeah. Big well, you, you want to tell me about it? Or you want me to tell you about? Go it? ahead, Dave. Go ahead. So. So the Iranian journalists are, are like, you know, we've had a lot of people attacking Iran with all of the, the stuff that's going on. There yeah. was this woman killed. There's been all kinds of protests, mm -hmm. right, going on in Iran. And mind right? you, this is also after the social media 
snafu by the yes. U.S. soccer. <laughs> US, U.S. soccer, soccer yeah. took the Arabic off of the flag, yeah, right? They took the IR off of the yeah. uh, yeah. um, So anyway, um, so this journalist was clearly put there. He was pissed, whatever. Anyway, he went right after him and said, you know, basically, who are you as the U.S. to criticize it? Here you are, a black athlete, you know, for the U.S., and the U.S. has an... First, he said, first of all, you're pronouncing our country wrong. And Adams was like, that's great. You're telling me that. And I apologize. Yeah. And perfect answer. <laughs> Just crush you. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. yeah he's is like, it, I didn't mean is to. It, is it Iran or Iran? Or yeah. He was saying Iran. Iran. And I think it's Iran or something. Yeah, it's definitely like not Iran. Like yeah. I ran to yeah. the yeah. store. It's like, anyway. Um, and then he's like, you know, you're criticizing us, but, you know, in, uh, America has this horrible, you know, um, track record with people who are black and don't you think it's just as bad and he was like all of the world including the united states has room to grow yeah we we are certainly not you know perfect, perfect by any yeah. means and all we are trying to do is continually make ourselves better yeah thank you very much thank you very much and it was <laughs> it was pitch i mean it was pitch perfect yeah. because he was because he you know cited that he has traveled internationally yeah. he's been it, he yeah seems it like, fantastic it seems like he didn't even need the media training for that like that's just how he it's is, just like, right. is. So. It, i thought that was so awesome yeah, yeah. what a great yeah. i mean so i mean yeah um what a perfect player so we finished the first half one nil christian pulisic tries to come <laughs> back on he does for a few minutes right and that the was a dreaded the, pelvic injury yeah a, a <laughs> contusion of the pelvic yeah region of that yeah um yeah I've, I've had that similar type of thing right here at the top you have yeah right right wow there. yeah is it bad <laughs> it I've never heard of anybody having that. <laughs> it hurts. And here you are. You've hit one. Yeah. We found oh, him. Wow, we found it. You never been hit right on that kind of pointy part of the bone right there. I mean, no. Yeah. I'm too clever for that. It hurts. It hurts <laughs> to stay out of the fray. Unlike Mike Thomas, <laughs> who's really in the middle of the fray. But you could tell by his face, like he was in pain. Yeah, it wasn't oh, good. It he wasn't was good. hurt. He was hurting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So wasn't able to return. And we finish out the game. Yeah, I, I have notes. So Jedi was awful taking touches forward. I mean, three, four times, maybe five times, he just let a touch get away. He seemed yeah. like he was amped up. Yeah. And his, he just kept dribbling the ball to the other team. It was terrible. Yeah, but, you know, there's the balance of being a little too on the back foot against an Iran who's going to come at you the second half. Mm -hmm. um, you, you can understand why people are amped up. And I think... To some degree, that's part of the reason we were able to close that game out is everyone was amped up to finish that game. So the subs, subs right? The so subs. he brings Walker Zimmerman on. Yeah. Everybody's wondering whether Walker Zimmerman was fit to go. He and clearly he, was and he, he came on. He was fabulous when he, he came on. He was terrific when he came on as a, as a, as a third center back. Yeah. He brought on Shaq Moore for but, for Dest, and he was terrible. Yeah, he was terrible. I mean, he was. And, and Dest, again, was having the best game he's had, I thought. Yeah. I, he, he's really 
hitting on all cylinders in that game. And I'm like, why are you taking him off? He's playing great defense. Yeah. He was good defensively. He was yeah. just like, he was amped in the right way. He was like, game on. It's almost like when he got to AC Milan or someone, someone's like, yeah, you know how you go forward all the time? Yeah. You're going to have to defend too. Yeah. And somebody in the last, <laughs> you know, month or whatever has taught him that. Yeah. And he, and when, when, I don't know what the coaches instructed him for the U.S., but he had a really excellent balance of both defending and attacking in this tournament he was absolutely terrific but i i mean adams was great musa was great in this game yep um but yeah i thought des particularly was having a great and he was amped too you could tell yeah he was so that's what i mean by like there were some players that were amped and it was working out for them with anthony robinson maybe was doing some things that were a little foolish but overall i think it paid off okay yeah it did. Uh, it yeah, did. No, I, I mean, you know, I mean, we, we got, got the, through, right? So, oh, how about Matt Turner throughout this tournament? He was inch perfect, right? Yeah. I don't think he made a mistake the whole yeah. time, right? I tweeted on our account that, um, you know, if he could only play the nine position, <laughs> we might have won this thing. Now, in fairness to him, he's just ruined his career, right? Because yeah. that was the last game he's about to play for the next six months. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So we have any questions on the uh, the live stream, Carmen? Well, Elliot has joined us. All right. Um, we have a question that we can get to, I guess, towards the once we're done talking about the U.S. Okay. okay. Um, but yeah, it looks like he's agreeing with most All of right. what y'all said a little bit about Jedi and the <laughs> game and about his touch and that type of thing. So. Yeah. Um, what else on the Iran finish? Well, so I think you know. If you had told us, you know, two ties and a win, um, I would have said, you know, five points historically for sure gets you through. Yeah. And it did get us through. And and that's a pretty good performance. We had a tough group. Like it yeah. wasn't it, was it wasn't like a group of death, but it was a tough group. Yeah, I, you know, I looked at all the – there was no real group of death. No, they they did a really, really good – they changed the, the system for yeah. how you make the groups this year, and it worked out way, way better. Yeah. All the groups were, were right. good. So we are on to the knockout round. We yeah, and I was hoping for a miracle because keep in mind that the result that could that went our way initially, right? Argentina loses its opening match, right? Yeah. So if Argentina had come back, which they did in the second game and win, they beat Mexico, right? If they had gotten a draw in the last match, which was pretty good because actually Poland and Argentina at some point could have settled into a draw because both teams would have gone through in that case. Right. Right. Which they didn't happen because Argentina jumped all over and scored two goals. Right. But if that had happened, Argentina qualifies as the second team and we would have been playing Poland. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry. We would have had Poland and not Argentina had we beat the Netherlands. So okay. it was setting up like it was going to be really good, but it didn't happen. So I wasn't too disappointed with going up against the Netherlands, and I felt like the first 10 minutes of the Netherlands game was why I thought that, which is we should have put the game away in the first 10, 15 minutes or gotten our goal because we were outplaying them. It was almost like the Netherlands weren't even in – involved in the game or cared about the game and they lulled us into exactly what their master plan was and we couldn't get it done in the first you know 10 15 minutes so maybe carmen if you will then go to the first goal Oh we're gonna try this is this this may or may may not work so you want to go go back to uh 
Do that and then hit the share. Share screen. Yep. Let's see how it happens. Oh. And then go to Chrome tab. Oh, see. Yeah. He went way past what I'm. And then click share. the Netherlands highlights. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, share. All right, and then if you go back to the, uh, the your your screen and click the double. Oh, the yeah, add the, yeah, yeah, add the okay, dynamic. Okay. Look at that. Boom, look at that. Ooh. Technology working. Ooh. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm impressed, Mikey Dobbs. Uh, you've, you've really outdone yourself. I think yeah. I can have a... Yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well hey, done, hey. Mikey can, Dobbs. Can you, can, yeah, you give can a boom shakalaka? Yeah. Can I get a boom shakalaka? Boom shakalaka. Yeah. All the stress of setting this up today. And yeah, you, now you can just go to the YouTube tab, right? Oh, see, now you're... Wait, where are you just, Yeah, and then uh, okay. now, now you're in charge of this. And then when we're done talking about it, uh, you know? Uh, okay. Yeah, so. so let's play the clip one time through. And then I'm going to go back and tell you where I think. Is I want Mikey Dobbs to tell us what happens, right? And tell us what you think. Uh, well, one of the things I, I, I think is... The two things, Weston McKinney should have looked for him to get back. A, I don't know if it was possible. It's or not, not Weston McKinney. Right. So, West, so if you go back to the beginning of this clip and just pause it for a second. Yeah. Put, put it on mute, though. Um, put it on mute. Yeah. Okay. Keep that on mute. All right. Beginning of the clip. Beginning of the clip. It's it's hard to see because well yeah sorry guys so at like fifty seven seconds yeah yeah okay anyway you can leave it yeah either way all right now all right play it for a second all right and then hit stop okay play it stop now okay so this is where you know you're talking about so right now the guy with the ball is Gapco and um, the guy who's checking him is Weston McKinney. Right. So Weston McKinney's on the guy with the ball right now. Yes. Okay. And this is where, watch, after he passes it, Weston McKinney leaves a ton of space. He, like, almost, like, stops. I'm pretty sure, or he doesn't keep I up with him. I think you're talking about Tyler Adams. Whoever, yeah. Well, then, who's who's next to the guy the with the ball? The guy who scores right the goal is Memphis, who's in the middle, right? And it's Tyler Adams who's right next to him, you know, running with him. And so Tyler Adams doesn't track him. So okay. Oh well, yeah. Let's. Uh, so I think that's Tyler what you're referring. To. It must have been Tyler Adams. Okay. Yeah. He stops running. Yeah. It's Tyler Adams. Yeah. Why did Tyler Adams stop running there? Well. So now, now somebody else needed to maybe step, but Tyler Adams shouldn't have stopped running there. So I agree with you. I think Tyler Adams shouldn't shouldn't have stopped running, and ultimately, you know, might be at fault for that. Um, you have to understand. So first of all, that's Memphis, right? So that's their star front striker, yeah. right? So if anybody is really supposed to be responsible, it's got to be really Zimmerman and Walker responsible for the striker. But nevertheless, Memphis has dropped deep, and it's Tyler Adams who's on him right here in the 59 second, you know, of the clip. But I have a different take on this goal. Mm, I don't know. Like he's he's jogging right there. Memphis the star player one of the guys who's going to score like look okay you're outside back and he's on it uh is that zimmerman or reem whoever is like reem is in the middle step he's yep. he's in the right spot and our other Jedi guys or wide. other guys are doing the thing so the only only thing as this progresses and he came around tyler adams back shoulder so he kind of ghosted him a little bit there and all of a sudden he's got a three yard run there but he can see him the whole time well, he can now he can yeah. now 
and he even lets the gap further. So hit play here. Watch, watch how much more space he gets. And then Tyler, he's just jogging, jogging. And yeah, you could say Musa should have cut in there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think Musa had a chance. So um, we can maybe just briefly, you know, counter out the Musa argument. So Musa and Des end up at the far post. Musa actually, as we were talking about in this whole thing, right? So one of the things that's happened to this 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 whole team, the whole time, the whole tournament, um, is that our midfielders were forced to track guys because our two center backs were not really up and marking them. And in this case, Musa actually is going to track one of their players all the way back. Dest is all the way up the field. He gets back. But Musa right now, we're, we're frozen right here, and you can leave it here. Um, Musa is actually marking the guy behind Dest. It's Dest who's further up the field. And yeah. Dest eventually gets all the way back in the box with them. But Musa stays with them the whole time. And Dest never gets back to sort of release him onto the next guy. So you cannot blame. I mean, Musa's done a yeoman's effort there to mark in behind um, Serginho Dest. Yeah. This is what... Uh, if we go back to Atlanta United, Pineda is asking of our midfielders to go track in behind the right back, right? And they're just not capable of it at all. Musa actually shows that he is capable of it. Yeah. But here's the thing, and maybe back it up like two seconds or something like this, right? Because I, I want to show you, okay, this is perfect, right? So the Dutch get the ball, right? So it's way out wide, and Serginho Dust has the ball, right? So this is the moment the ball turns over, right? And so they're going to actually play forward. And then Walker Zimmerman is not really close to his guy. I think that's okay because the ball just turned over. I think he should be closer, but everybody's not. And in any case, the forward who gets it first plays one touch back. Yeah. Okay, so they go forward. It goes back into the midfield and then goes up to Gabco. So play it, and I'll tell you when you hear pause. So we're going to play it forward. There's the forward pass. It's played back, one touch here, and then to Gecko. Now, stop it. Right here is where we lost the goal. Right yeah. here. Because you see how they're at three passes? Take a look at where Tim Ream is in relationship to Gecko. Tim Ream is the furthest guy back. Yeah. 15 yards. That's because Tim Ream is 35 years old, and he is afraid to get beat mm. by Gecko, who's young and fast. So he refuses to get up there and actually challenge. So they were able to play forward, back, and then to Gapko. And instead of him having a guy right on his back and forcing him to make a good touch, turn, whatever, he now has all day to turn and run at the defense. That's where we lost the goal right there. Because then what happens is Tim Reams in no man's land. He's supposed to be up there with Gapko winning that ball. But he's not. So now he has to decide, when am I going to step? When am I not? Jedi doesn't know when he's going to step. They both end up stepping a little bit. Nobody actually gets even close to Gapco. And all it does is it allows him to play to Jedi's man, who is now wide open. That's not Jedi's fault because right. he had to step at some point. And that gives him all day to find it. Now, obviously, everybody going to take a look at this clip and say, Tyler Adams, Tyler Adams, Tyler Adams. He failed to track the guy. He should have been on that, right? But this is where the goal was lost right there, and it's exactly what we talked about before the tournament started. Well, if you go back to where you were a second ago, yep. Tyler Adams, I think, should have done better when he was cutting back to begin with when the ball came out of the back left part of the field. So there's a couple, yeah, right here. I felt like Tyler Adams right here also 
could have done better. He's in a great spot. He He's in a great spot. I, can, I mean, he could have slide tackled this. If you yeah, hit, he doesn't win it. I he mean, doesn't win it. He, this is his ball to win. Yeah. Go hit play. Watch. He should have gotten that. I don't or done. So now it gets released and boom, boom, triangle pass. And now Tim Ream. You is, see how he had all day. He makes a bad first touch gap. Go. It comes I don't up. Know that and I'm, he has all day to find them. That's where you have to cut out that. I don't attack. know that that's Tim Ream's fault, man. It is. I, it is. Well, not his fault. I'm not. It's not his fault because. You know, to be honest, if he's up with Gapko, he's in real trouble, you know. But yeah. this is the problem with playing a center back. So if you watch the Dutch, they leave very few players back, right? But they have Van Dyke, who is incredibly comfortable with coming up and challenging that guy and knowing that nobody is going to get by him and run 40 yards off the goal and get a breakaway. Yeah. I mean, where Gapko got the ball was in his own half, Mikey Dobbs. If you don't have the courage as a center back to challenge a forward in their own half when they have you have 60 yards to recover, we got problems. All right, that's fair. I mean, it, hey, it, that's fair. Hey, I concede. And so I think what my point is, is not that is true, though. That my is true. point is not to, to criticize Tim Ream. He's slow yeah. and he's worried about it. And that's the way they were going to play. They were sagging off the whole time yeah. and they were allowing Tyler Adams and McKinney and Musa to track guys out of that. But they were counting on them doing that the entire time. Right. Because they weren't willing to go up and settle that. Yeah. And when you do that, eventually the dam is going to break. Right? You cannot have, I mean, in that case, Musa tracked beautifully all the way in his guy. McKinney tracked his guy all the way back. You notice Des didn't defend there, right? Reem didn't defend there, right? Jedi didn't defend there. The only guys who were tracking guys on the ball were Musa and McKinney. And the third guy who was supposed to be tracking was Adams, who was supposed to be Soto called tracking their center forward, Mikey Dobbs, yeah. right? And you're gonna, everybody's going to critique Tyler Adams that our three center midfielders didn't track their three forwards? I just think Tyler could have hustled a little more on that one, though, for sure. Yeah, obviously. I think ultimately it's very easy to look at, and he should have. He yeah, should have stayed should've. with them. But when you're asking them to do that all the time, yeah. I mean, he was, he was, like you said, he was doing so much work. That it's a recipe for disaster. I mean, he was in a perfect position. Have you noticed actually that very first one where you thought maybe he could have gotten a tackle yeah. in? He didn't, but he, that he was in a perfect position there where that guy was not able to turn and run at our defense. Yeah. Right. So he did his job, which is what but he's that's a classic like moment where we had the advantage, but we just laid off a little bit and then they sprung it from there well they you did know what i mean they moved the ball brilliantly in this versus sequence. like that wasn't a stuck in moment yeah where i almost felt like he could have gotten stuck in on that tackle we didn't that's a non-stuck in moment where he just let him he's like he laid off and he laid it back and then boom boom a little triangle pass and they were off to the races yeah. and to me that was like a, he didn't even like give him a you know shove in the shoulder yeah you know what i mean and yeah, that to me sure. he didn't didn't bump him so, so here's not my, only the run back, it was no. that moment that I felt was a little weak, which is maybe my only critique of Tyler Adams the entire tournament. Here's my question. And, and if, if you watched the England match um, today, you would have seen that they did the exact same thing as the Dutch team. They were actually being outplayed early by Senegal. It was a quick break that just totally devastated them, right? And they got almost the exact same goal, God, right, as the Dutch. So, um, but my point being that... Oh, it, I, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. it was... If you are the Harrison goal, right? Uh, it was um, Liverpool guy. Um, yeah. Henderson. Henderson. Henderson, not Harrison. Uh, not Harrison. Yeah. Um, so the, the thing about it is, 
Okay. The moment that England had in that match today, the moments that the Dutch scored right there, where they are lightning quick, everybody out on the run on the counter, right? How many times did you see that from the U.S.? Mm. <laughs> Not so much. And we have Wea, who's dream built for that. Yeah. Reina, who's dream built for that. Pulisic, who's certainly capable of doing that. Yeah. Aronson, who's dream built for yeah. that, right? And so my point is, this was a conscious decision by Burhalter, not only having the square peg going into a round hole of not of always forcing to play a striker and not playing three of them, which is more beneficial to that, yeah. right? But the other problem with that, right, is that he was really hell bent on us being a little bit more systematic, okay? In the England match, I praised it, right? That we were up the field and we were slow building and that meant that we could get our whole team up the field and that meant that England couldn't break us down, okay? But the problem, the counter to that, if you're really doing that, so the great thing about it is you have possession. If you're the underdog, you don't wanna have England have the ball. Maybe you don't want to have the Netherlands have the ball. But ultimately, if you're going to score goals and go head-to-head -head with a team, there has to be moments where you take the shackles off and you allow those guys to run. That's what the Dutch just did to us right there. Yeah. Okay? Now, here's the thing. And this is where I want to get to the argument. Right? Klinsman versus Berhalter. Okay. Okay? So, Klinsman. Right, his big thing as and so he he already coached the World Cup once and he was coaching our World Cup qualifying the second time, right? And his big thing was the United States is better than we think we are, and we gotta stop acting like the underdog. Right. So he made a controversial move in that World Cup, which is he benched Landon Donovan. He he didn't bring him to that last World Cup. Yeah. Right. And he was like, I want the younger guys, I want to be on the front foot or whatever. And he went into qualifying the exact same way and got ourselves in trouble because we went into El Salvador on the road and all these things and we lost games. Yeah. And ultimately it cost us qualification. We switched him out. Bruce Arena came in, right? And we couldn't salvage it. But, but we'd have probably qualified had we not got rid of Klinsman. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, cause, because it was a disaster that we didn't beat who the hell was it trinidad and tobago who yeah. was it mm -hmm. yeah yes we needed a to to uh win our win on our tie on without that change we didn't even like, need to win we yeah klinsman is probably going to shut it down yeah so but here's the thing klinsman was his over and over and over and over he said his role in the u.s progression is to get us to stop thinking like an underdog and to go toe-to-toe -to -toe. what he was talking about was right there getting serginia uh getting uh Pulisic, and Reyna and Wea out on the running and Aris, let them play, Aronson right? Or whoever, now, here's yeah. the thing, okay? I think Klinsman was at least four years too early. That team that he had was still an underdog. We were never going to go into a Dutch match yeah. and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with them and run whatever. But So I think, honestly, the guy who would have helped us in qualifying, then Burhalter. Burhalter was the coach a little bit for the underdog, the patient buildup, the thing that he did to England, really, really great. The problem with that is you're not getting to a quarterfinal or semi. That's a mode that we've been in forever. Get out of the group, yeah. maybe have a good showing, right? 
even maybe get lucky and we've gotten to a quarterfinal once but that mode is not to use our best team and go say we're better than you and go toe-to-toe with and beat with you right Klinsman tried to do it it was too early and I think was getting burned yeah. right Burhalter never even tried to do it and my problem is in this World Cup you know, maybe we're still four years away from that, but I think we were almost ready. We now have that team. Yeah. And so he needed to figure out a way to get us at moments firing on all cylinders, even if there are moments where he said, all right, let's pull back the reins against England or whatever. But there have to be moments where we're out running and we say, you know what? So be it. We're going to, we have players who will score goals and, you know, we're willing to open it up occasionally. Yeah. So one of the things I'll say about Burholter, because we can nitpick, did he play Gio Reyna enough? Did, should he have played the false nine, right? Outside of that and, and the Cameron Vickers late move, but overall, you got to say the team's headspace was in a good spot. Like, I think absolutely, yeah, the team prepared. They were out there ready to play every game. Everybody you saw come on. Um, at least was giving their best and we were playing like a team. So from that perspective, Burholter was a success. It didn't seem like there was like a disaster in the locker room other than the, you know, I don't know how real the news was on Gio Reyna not celebrating the Iran victory with his head- <laughs> headphones on, but you know, don't know. That's Carmen. it. That's the only drama I think we had. Did you Carmen, see anything yeah, on Instagram? Instagram? I did not I see any. Yeah, no, but I did not see any drama. On Instagram, and oh, I actually loved only it. Messi kicking the Mexican flag and <laughs> stomping it, and Canelo being like, "I'm going to kick your ass." Did you hear about that? No. See, I've got this. Oh, go ahead. Tell I've us. got the Instagram. Yeah. So Canelo, who's like the middleweight uh, Mexican boxer, supposedly saw this video of uh, Messi in the locker room, who's taking his shoe off, literally, and there's like a sweaty Mexican uniform, and he like literally his toe like touches it, and Canelo's like, I will send you to God if you disrespect the Mexican flag. <laughs> so it was this big hubbub, right? That this was like the big social media, like uh-huh. went on fire, like, you don't understand like the locker room, like and it was his boot that touched, he was taking off his shoe, and then like there's like videos of like Messi like hugging like one of the Mexican kids, like family that came to the locker room after uh-huh. the game and it was like all this backlash on canelo and canelo actually on his twitter is like sorry he's like i got he's like i got a little carried away about my passion for the you know because he you know he literally like accidentally like his toe of his boot as he's taking it off like touched a jersey that was traded uh-huh. it was on the you know ground, ground of the locker room like all the jerseys were right so right. it was just a ridiculous uh you know anything on social media these days causes a a flurry and there's just yeah. arguments abound. It was awesome. I like it. Yeah. Does anybody know who won the Messi Ronaldo chess match? Yep. <laughs> Wasn't that the Instagram thing? Messi. Messi. Always Messi. Right? Always. Ronaldo Messi. doesn't win anything anymore. Okay. No. Yeah. Oh, Ronaldo's pretty like so. Messi's very creative, you know, and he can, but I could see him, you know, losing a queen early because he goes after it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, in chess, actually, the methodical players usually are the ones, you know, the Kasparovs and Karpovs of the world, right? They're the ones who win it all. So I'm actually going to take Ronaldo. He's I, much uh, more methodical. No, I think after the Pierce Morgan interview, you know, he's got a lot of insecurities, Dave, that... I think Messi will eventually show his confidence would overcome his 
insecurities of like what the world is saying about you. I told and- you what that was, Mikey Dobbs. <sighs> Cristiano Ronaldo, the ultimate Man United fan, took one for the team. The team. And got himself canceled the contract, took that, so that we're not saddled with that for the next six years. It is we owe him nothing now because yeah. he agreed to a settlement. He's yeah. out. Yeah. So he did it for us, Mikey. Dobbs. So is he coming? He did it for us to MLS to follow Messi, or is he going to the? What is it? The Saudi Arabian League, the same team that I think PT Martinez went to, yeah. has a big offer a out money. Yeah. Uh, on on Ronaldo. He's not coming to the MLS yet. No, I don't think so. Where's he going to go? If he comes, he should go to Orlando because then you have Miami, oh, Orlando, yeah. Messi, Ronaldo. <laughs> well, I, to be honest, as much as I don't like Ronaldo right now, with with uh, Joseph Martinez leaving, and we are not we're not renewing uh, Cisneros. I mean. Ronaldo in Atlanta versus uh, if anybody can finish off a cross, dude. Oh, I would love that. That would be that would be. I mean, you're talking to somebody who does not like Cristiano Ronaldo. That would be fire if he came to Atlanta United. And imagine the bends. Oh, dude, when dude. you have Miami versus happening. I know. Oh, it's to- still- totally not happening. <laughs> totally not happening. That's okay. Can I a just, girl dream? I just yeah. broke the. Uh, the bubble there, <laughs> <It's a dream laughs> pop. Oh, yeah. But okay, so if he doesn't go to the uh, Saudi Arabian League, where is he going? Don't know. What would make sense? Like, what team is? Nobody has any enough money for him. For so thirty-eight-year-old. No so why shouldn't he just realize that maybe he should match up against against Messi in MLS? I could see MLS. him going play for you know Porto or one of the. Really I could see Portuguese him. Players. I could see him going to LA Galaxy or yeah. If LAFC. he's going to MLS, he's going to LA Galaxy. You don't think LAFC? No. Okay. The really, really megawatt stars, the Beckhams of the world. That's old time. And now there's this new uh, LAFC team. I don't know if you've heard about them. But no, LAFC actually gets players who are still really good. Yeah. The ones who are, and, and no, actually, I shouldn't say that. Because Beckham, when he came, yeah. was still really good. Because was good. So, but they, they get, the LA Galaxy goes after the Hollywood. Yeah. Right? LAFC is going after the guys who are the really, you know, yeah. Really true, good true. players. So, so yeah, Cialini's of the world. The, yeah, I agree. Galaxy and and you know, I'm sure that you know those guys can talk to Cristiano Ronaldo. Hey, what, how was your experience? Right, and it was awesome. It was awesome, right? And <laughs> it was uh, on Letterman. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, and and I think that's probably a little what Cristiano Ronaldo is probably wants at this. Laton was in the big New Jersey what, gonna, machine. You know, the genie. Right, okay. remember this. Yeah, yeah. On late night. Oh, television. yeah. It's not done. Yeah. I have Zlatan. <laughs> no, but I think it's probably going to be Porto because of his family. He just had a daughter, right, that's had some health issues, which is part of the whole hubbub at Man, Man United, too, right? So oh. I'm guessing he probably is going to want to just settle his roots and, you know, do what rich people do. I don't know. Could he quit? Could he just say, I'm done? I don't think he's got that I, in his DNA. I don't think he does either. Right? So that's also no, why I think LA quit. Galaxy is probably yeah. not that. Plus, if you're still doing 6,000 sit-ups a day, you're yeah. not about to quit. Yeah. I mean, that guy's a tank. Right. Terminator. And, and, you know, I think Hollywood's probably the only logical move yeah, outside be. of Porto. So there's two options, right? He goes to the Saudi Arabia League if he wants just money, and that's all that matters to his career, which could be a possibility for him like and i don't i don't knock that either if i mean millions are millions 
create wealth for your family. I'm all about that. Um, Don't you think one last sheik is going to take it like at Newcastle or something is going to throw a big contract at him? Somebody who's owned by oil money. I think that I think the the problem with that though, Dave, is there's a coach in the mix that's like, wait, you want to do give me a 38 year old that's pretty much done, and you want me? You have all these other expectations for me as a coach. Sorry, he's he is definitely at the waiting yeah, part of his. Those clubs, the coach doesn't get any say in it. <laughs> it's the owner, like give me Cristiano. True, but then they're yeah they're ding dongs. Yeah, well they are. Yeah, but that's why <laughs> they got a lot of maybe, money. Maybe, maybe, but money. I think they have a little more common sense. Okay, there. I want to go back and talk about the last two goals that we conceded in the Netherlands. Match. Okay. We're going to the, we're going to the new <laughs> technology okay, here. Let's see what's happened. Oh yeah. Oh, oh. And you can even make it bigger. If you go uh, two over or three over to the right, one more to the right. And then boom, look at that. No way. Yeah. What? Yeah. For the viewers. Uh, okay. uh, uh. <laughs> I don't even know if okay. it's the goal, but. Um, so at two minutes, exactly. Oh. In the highlight package. Um, two minutes in the highlight package. Okay, right here, perfect. Right, maybe actually, can you go back one second or half second? One second. Yeah, right there. Okay, so um, don't get scored on before halftime, USA. Yes. Don't do it. The last thing that you need to happen. Yes. So oh. it's a throw in in our back left hand corner. Jedi is there. Jesus Ferreira, God bless him, is trying to mark a guy. So he there's a throw in. He's marking a guy all the way back. Good for him. You know, whatever. I don't know why, because he can't defend, obviously. He goes and takes this wild swing at the ball. And then he doesn't win it. You can see because the Dutch still have the ball running yeah. at it. And it's Tyler Adams, again, marking in behind our backs. I mean, if you talk about unbelievable right yeah why are we still anywhere in this tournament it's because of tyler adams weston mckinney and musa right anyway moose is marking their guy adams is marking their guy reem is marking nobody right in the center of the yeah. box walker but anyway if you look at the top left of the screen right the very very corner of the left you see a 32 year old daily blind okay mm. he's not quick he's not young He's not, he was never been quick. Even when he was young, he wasn't <laughs> quick, right? Serginho Dest, one of the quickest players on our team, maybe one of the quickest players in the tournament, right? Is got a good 10 yards. He's in perfect marking position, right? Except here's the thing, Mikey Dobbs. Why? Why? And this is not just an American thing. Why does nobody ever teach the backs to actually look around because if you look at him he's got his hands on his hips and he is staring at the ball like this is him it's called turning your hips dave it's called having a clue <laughs> right even if you don't turn your hips you can turn your head watch mikey Dows. ready mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> i look back and forth to see if there's danger if he looks right 
He is so late in realizing that Daily Blind is making this run. His, his feet are like touching too. It's like yeah, it's odd. That's pretty it's weird. It's horrible defending, and so he's in terrible permit uh, for you know terrible stance as you talked about. He should have his hips open. He should be wider. But even regardless of that, he doesn't need to. He's that quick, yeah. right? It doesn't mm-hmm. matter, right? And maybe he knows that yeah, it's Daily Blind. You know, right? I can cover him anyway. The thing is. He doesn't realize it till so late that Daly Blinn from a 10 yard or whatever distance that is right behind him is actually going to run in front of him and beat him to the ball. Yeah. All right. Here we Play go. Play the clip. Play. Oh, yeah. gosh. That was ugly. That is the essence. And I don't know if y'all guys want to go in with me, but we need to start a school for defenders in the United the US States. I defense. agree with We're that We're going to teach defending because we continue, and not just we, the whole world actually continues to prioritize any outside back who can go forward. And everybody forgets to say, oh, you got to teach in defending. For our own Atlanta United audience, Bello, right? How many right. times did we talk about how Bello was brilliant going forward? He's quick as hell. And he would get beat on things like that because he's just, Tunnel Full vision. tunnel vision watching, right? I mean, first Ugh. rule of defending, your head needs to be on a swivel. You need to be open so you can see ball and man. But even if you're not, even if you get close, turn your head. Yeah. Turn your head. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean. So what else in this Netherlands game, Dave? Oh, I'm going to double down because... <laughs> If you think that this is not something that happens very often for the U.S., right? Oh, we gave up the third goal. Go to um, you mean the guy thirteen wide open on the back post. Oh, but look at look at. So at four thirteen in the clip, put it there. Okay, there it is. So we gonna he's just gonna put it on the full screen for yeah. you. There you go. So Dumfries has made his way out of right back. He's you notice he's standing with his hand up, right? Saying, I'm hey, open. I might want the ball. So since if there no was, one's twenty seven yards away from me. If there was any indication that he's open, like like maybe you're moving your head around and you're like, I don't know whether he's open or not or whatever. Um, you know, but he is clearly telling people that he's open. <laughs> Look, I'm open. So I'm going to know this. Now, this is what you saw so much from Atlanta United. What in the world is Jedi Robinson doing, right? So he's come back. He's holding hands with Tim Ream and I have this guy. And to show you that he's not the guy marking him, as we play this, as we stop it again at um, 4.15, right? If you play it for two seconds, you'll see that... It's actually remarking that guy, and it's not Jedi. So play it for two seconds. Now stop. Yep. Right? So Reem is marking that guy because Jedi was ahead for a second okay. there. He's actually kind of come back. But clearly Reem is marking that guy. So 413, it is actually a second before that when Dumfries was actually open. It was 412. Now he's really raising his hand. <laughs> now he's still raising <laughs> Now he knows. He's like, oh, this is on. Yeah, 415, right? And you know when he actually gets the ball? Oh, when he crosses it to him in yeah. a perfect rope? It's at 418 in the clip. So from 412 to 418, that's six seconds. Yeah. 
That is an eternity in football. I mean, they played the ball around three times, right? Before this okay. cross comes One, in. And two, Jedi Robinson three, never, four, ever, five, ever turns. Six. Never looked behind him. You know who realizes he's open? Tyler Adams, probably. Our keeper looks like Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who is he pointing at? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? He's like, what the F are you doing? It's almost like Matt's about to commit to go out to that right there. That yeah. Um, yeah, he's like, how can I? Maybe I can get there. Yeah. Right? All right, finish the clip. Play it, guys. It says he saw it coming. Yeah. <laughs> and Tim Ream, actually, if you go back, watch. I want you to watch Tim Ream. That go back to the whole thing, right? Just watch Tim Ream the whole time and watch how he reacts. So first of all, you realize that he's supposed to be marking that guy. He's like, I got him. I got him. Why are you here? I got him. Play. Yeah. Watch Tim Ream the whole time. I got him. I got him. He says to Jedi, I got him. What are you doing? I got him. I got him. I got him. And then. Look, watch, oh, watch him. Wait. Yeah, watch him. Oh, look wait. At it. He's like, that was... you there, I hear. He's pointing at you there. He's like, I uh, hear. yeah, that was not your guy. So, Tim, your, guy was, your guy was behind you. Yes. Yeah, I mean, clearly, Jedi, after they went back to tape, is embarrassed about that. Well, you know, that's what I would say, of course. But, you know, Atlanta United did this for a whole season. And they never corrected it at all. Bello still does that. Nobody ever corrected it with him. Yep. Right? So, I don't know. Pineda can't correct it. Um, all right. So, we're out. We're out of the World Cup, Dave. But what else has excited you about the World Cup? All right. Before we move on to yeah. Elliot's question, oh, yeah. I, think, I don't know if it's kind of, I think we all might have the same answer. Who was the MVP for the U.S. in this World Cup? Oh. I mean, it's certainly between Turner and Adams, in my opinion, but I got to go with Adams. Even though you're, you're blaming him for the goal? Dude, Matt Turner? Tyler Adams. You're blaming Tyler Adams, Adams for that first goal for not tracking. Yeah, even, even with that. <laughs> I mean, he, he did so much other great stuff. Um, now, did Matt Turner have – he had a few big saves, but, like, any big – Saves yeah. that you were like, good saves. he had some good saves. Nothing uh -huh. that was like the. No, I mean, nothing were, like Pickford in today's game that kept them in the tournament. There, there oh were my a goodness. There may have been, uh, yeah. may have been two that were yeah. pretty yeah. pretty solid saves by yeah. Turner. Okay. Um, they're just not popping out of me right now. It's easy to forget about good goalkeeping. Yeah, that's um, true. But yeah, he didn't put too many feet wrong. Um, so Carmen, who is your MVP? I have to go with Tyler Adams. Yeah. Yeah. This is pretty easy yeah. pick. It's pretty easy pick. I really wanted to, you know, fight with you, but yeah, I think it's Tyler Adams too. He was he was <laughs> just, just everywhere. In the everywhere. in the for example, in the Rand game, he single handedly stopped Iran. Like every single counterattack. Yeah. He kept them. They didn't have a chance in that game and it was almost yeah. all him. In the England game, he was everything. I mean Again, I, my the disappointing part of the World Cup for me is not more Brendan Aronson. Mm. I mean, when he was on the field, he was positive in every way. And you only got to see him, for the most part, for maybe 30 minutes at the end of the And half. I'm okay if, ultimately, if Gio Reyna had been selected over him, 
I don't have a qualm with that. But I would have said, look, because the other thing I thought happened is I thought Wea tired a little bit. He wasn't as good in, you know, as you know. But that's that's my bit. point about Aronson is you Aronson can go ninety minutes. You know it. I mean, he can go ninety and then more, and we didn't take advantage of that. But honestly, I probably would have rotated such that amongst those four, I would have I would have scrapped the whole playing as round peg in a square hole, right? Yeah. You know, and then I would have actually had three of the four of them, and I would have rotated, so they all would have gotten started. Yeah, but even like you get Reyna in there and Aronson, like you said, and then you're playing false nine with Pulisic. By the time you bring Way in for Aronson what? at the 70th minute, like Aronson has worn down not only his player but the yes. other three around him. Like, yes. and that's the difference. Yes. Yeah. And now, no, and now you yes. got you got Waya coming in like, aha. Here's a big bag of <laughs> not yes. only one goal but two goal yes. in the DNA of a Ballon d'Or. Yes, 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 yes. But you can't do it at the start of the tournament. You had to actually yeah. try it during qualifying. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it was so telling that all this controversy with Gio Reyna and the fact that he wasn't playing, and people were asking him, asking him, and somebody finally asked him. Oh, you know, what about, you know, playing him in addition? And have you ever yeah. considered that? And Berhalter said, no, I've never considered that. <laughs> <laughs> never crossed my mind. Now, I think he meant that I've thought about it and no, that's not the way I want to play. But it almost came off like, no, it's never crossed my right. mind. Now, yeah. I will say with Gia Reyna coming on against Netherlands, he had a couple of good moments, but he was largely invisible for a lot, a lot of minutes of that game when he was on. Yes. But I, what I would have said is that, you know, and, and in fairness to Berhalter, there wasn't really much of a time when all those guys were all healthy during qualifying where you could have really tried it so much. Mm-hmm. But um, there were times when we had three of those four guys. There was time in qualifying. And even if there wasn't time in qualifying, there was time in these in-between matches. Like, you had to try it. You had yeah. to get it in there. And maybe you say, like, it didn't work. But I would have said you have to try it. And you got to, your job as a coach is to figure out how to get them to do that together, to have a system where it's plug and play. Any one of those four guys can play across the three. They're going to be have enough interchanging to cause havoc, but not so much where we no longer balanced. Right. So we are pushing towards the quarterfinals right now. Correct. Yes. We've got um, a couple already locked in, including the Netherlands. Correct. Uh, and Ar- so far, Argentina. Argentina yep. came back after their woes against Saudi Arabia and have looked pretty solid. By the way, do you know who got about 21 minutes in uh, in the game for Argentina in their third game? No, but I've heard he plays for Atlanta United. Yeah. Our ATL United, Tiago Almada. And he looked <sighs> very good. He did. Yes, he did. And he really should have had an assist in yeah. that game. He played it, made a nice layoff between he and Messi, and then he pokes it through for a perfect little layoff for a guy who chips it, gets fouled by the keeper, and for some reason they don't call PK there, which, by the way, that was definitely a PK <laughs> in that game. You can't wreck the guy who chips you as part of your follow-through. Like yeah. in the normal run of game, like that was a PK. And I don't understand how that didn't go to VAR yeah. and was a PK. And then Tiago Mata gets his assist, but maybe I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to go with you. But yeah, it really was a PK. And yeah, I understand why they didn't, but it was almost like they forgot the rule on, 
yeah, you can't just go smashing the player after. after but Argentina, I mean, you know, while we're on our, the subject of yeah. Argentina, right? You guys asked me prior to the World Cup what I thought about Argentina. And I said Argentina, to me, is two different teams, right? If you play Lissandro Martinez, this is a dangerous team that could go all the way. If you don't play him, then I think their back is too weak. I don't see Otamendi being able to do it, right? So here's what's happened. So, Lissandro Martinez did not start the first match. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you recall what happened to Argentina in the first match, yeah. but they lost. But I do remember you talking about this yeah. in the last podcast. And then in the, the second match, God bless him, the coach starts Lissandro Martinez, and Argentina wins. Okay. And then in the third match, they start Lissandro Martinez, and they win again. Okay. They get to the round of 16. Who goes to the bench? Lissandro Martinez. Mm. What in the world? And they started off really, really poorly. They had a horrible first half. What did he do at halftime? Lissandro Martinez. I'm seeing a pattern. Like, really? (laughs) Really? So Argentina (laughs) is building back their credit, though, and it sounds like maybe this key player is going to be a part of the formula hopefully <laughs> moving leave forward. him on the field um, like seriously leave him on the yeah. field so it was netherlands argentina through and then today right was um we had the poland england uh was france. france france gets poland. through against poland yeah. and yeah mm-hmm. poland again missed their chance at the beginning of that game to not have the wheels fall off like they did yeah we didn't actually talk about that so it's it's a huge moment when you're a little bit of an underdog and you get an early chance you got to bury it yeah right and the u.s Polisic had that early chance right that he honestly i think he he kind of just took it kind of you know, not half ass, but he kind of. He you thought know, he was offside. He was off, thought yeah. he was offside. So I he thought he was offside, right. and he wasn't. He wasn't. There was, a, there was a, yeah. a guy in the back, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So, that was that was painful. That was painful. So yeah, we didn't take our chance either, <laughs> and that changes games. You know, because the same thing in the England match, Senegal had the early chance. Right. And it's not that they did poorly. The guy had an amazing shot, but Pickford comes up with the save of the tournament. I mean, unbelievable part of the side and and super strong to deny that. And that's what they needed because then they were really actually Senegal was the, by far the better team in the early play, right? England gets one counter, they score a goal. And after that it was over, right? They just, they suddenly, and England was tight. They were playing tight. And as soon as they got the goal and they were like, oh, one mistake isn't going to kill us. They just started streaming forward and it was just chance after chance after chance. So Poland missed their chance early on. And uh, man, Mbappe, as much as I, (laughs) he's good. The guy irritates me. He, so as far as being fast, right? Like with the ball, like watching that game, he is he's got over every other player in the world right now a different gear. A different gear that no one can keep up with. With the ball, I mean. With the ball. I agree. Not one player in that's the world his strength. That's his strength is just to like he knows how to bring you in and then just push it past you. And then right when you think that you're keeping up with him, he goes into another gear that you're like 
dude, I had never seen anybody run that fast. Like, I mean, he, yeah. he did that. Like I was only partially watching the game, but every time I was like, man, that's like, you only have that window in your career where that's your advantage. Like maybe that's another three, four years where he can use speed as his X factor. But also, man, that one goal where he cuts cuts it back and just blasts it far post in upper 90, I mean, that was ridiculous. So does Paris Saint-Germain win the Champions League? Uh, I mean, they should. I've been saying it, you know, the first year they had everybody together is a disaster. But this year, Messi and Neymar particularly have raised their game. And to me, that's the X factor of why, yes, they will win the Champions League is because of Neymar and Messi are playing really freaking well on top of Neymar being Neymar. I was hoping you'd say that because I don't think that Messi and Neymar truly raised their game per se. Yeah. I mean, yes, they have. Yeah. But what's happened is Gaultier figured out a freaking system where they're really good defensively and they can recycle the ball to them quickly, a la what we should be doing <laughs> right. right at Atlanta United. And so I, I was having this argument with my son the other day. And so I said, look at the stats, right? So last year, right? So, so. Paris Saint-Germain wins the title all the time. Last year, they had Pochettino, very yeah. good coach. They won the League One title, right? So last year, they scored two and a half goals a game, right? And they gave up one goal per game. Yeah. It's pretty darn good. That's about as good as you'll ever see in a professional league. Except this year, they've gone from two and a half goal game to goals per game to three goals a game. Mm -hmm. And they've dropped from one goal a game to a half a goal a game against. So Gaultier has added on a half a goal per game offensively and taken away a half a goal defensively. They are now three goals for and 0.5 against. I mean, I'd have to write again our friends at 538 to find out. I don't think I've statistically seen that in a major league ever. Yeah. Right. I mean, certainly not recently. Right. And. Where there's what such a did, shift from one year to another. Well, and well, just the, the, the scoring three goals a game and giving up 0.5, just the dominance, yeah. right? Nobody dominates that much. And Gaultier has figured it out with that team. And people are like, you know, there was a 538.com article that Messi is now compared to last year when people had dropped off and they showed statistically he had in all these different categories. He is now statistically having as good a year as the best year he ever had in Barcelona. Wow. And Ooh. you're like, is it suddenly that Messi regained his form? No, I don't think so. I think Gaultier figured out a system and now Messi is getting the, the kind of plays that he's better at and it's all working. So, and this is also the last year we'll see Paris Saint-Germain be Paris Saint-Germain. It's all going to break up after this year, uh, after watching FIFA Uncovered. But that's you just... think that league's coming, you mean? Huh? The, the... Well, Messi's not going to be there. Oh, Neymar's going to be gone. And Mbappe might be gone yeah. for that matter, oh, okay. too. I thought you so... meant they were going back to the stupid whatever league. No, no. I think <laughs> I, I think all three players might be gone when we're this time next year. None of those three. It doesn't matter if they keep Gaultier. Uh, fair fair enough as far as being competitive yeah um but it is interesting too and this has always been interesting right that the now the top three in the world cup right now are you put england in there too in the top four uh france brazil argentina 
the three stars on all of those teams play on the same bloody club team. <laughs> yes. It's just, I mean, it was always a weird thing, but now it's <laughs> like just even more relevant that those guys are going at each other. And you know who's going to come up on top? Who? Our boy Neymar. Neymar is going to win it this he's year. He's finally back and he had a game off to rest. So yeah. he's playing tomorrow. Yeah. I and mean, he's, you know, I mean, that's when you're sitting and watching, you're probably going to be hungrier. Hopefully his ankles gone down. I mean, it did look pretty nasty in the photos. Yeah. Um, um, so, all right. So we now have a South American side of the draw mm-hmm. and a European side of the draw. Okay. Right on the two sides. Right. So England, France, Spain and Portugal are the favorites all on one side of the draw. Yep. And the other side of the draw is Argentina, Brazil, and what we would call the European South American team, the Dutch. Who <laughs> 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 they created for their floor, right? Um, so anyway, you got, you got the two South American heavyweights, Brazil and Argentina, on one side of the draw, and all the European teams on the other side of the draw. So it's shaping up as if form holds you got argentina brazil on one side in the semifinals and two of the four european teams wow and usually be... because of the craziness that happens in the in the opening rounds you get some weirdnesses yeah. uh-huh. right and it can't happen but it's all set up for the you're gonna have so far all the favorites have won in the round of 16 if that's true you're gonna have basically the top eight teams in the in the world in the quarterfinals they're all going to get through so it's the dutch and it's brazil and it's argentina and probably croatia who is yeah. usually not such a whatever but recently has been really the other kind of team they've been really good yeah and then on the far side on the other side of the draw you have england france spain and portugal right yeah. and you'd be hard pressed i mean i know in fancy football there are you know, there are some really good teams up and coming in the world, but the traditional heavyweights in the world, what most people would have probably listed as their top eight would probably be that. Yeah. And it, they could all be in the quarterfinals. Yeah. yeah. No upsets. It, it, they're, it's shaping up. Could up be a way. bloodbath. Yeah. Oh. A glorious yeah. bloodbath yes. of football. It is shaping up that and way. And now the U.S. is gone, you can just sit back and enjoy. Enjoy it all. You know the it's team that the I still think is also an X factor is the bloody Croatians, man. Yeah, they're they, old though. They, but, yeah. they are never old. Never count out Modric. He's got a few tricks up his. They league. do, man. Like, and also, and I forget which <laughs> game it was where they just seemed like they were slow, and they did all of a sudden like. Yeah. People were finding different gears, and all of a sudden they went from this like. Well, Modric's like a hundred, and he still is oh, like he's quick as hell. He's a vampire. Yeah, <laughs> he is. Yeah, yeah. I, but I see. Yeah, like I said, I wouldn't count them out just because they they seem to find that grit somehow to find another gear, regardless that you know they should have retired five years ago. I mean, some people might say Germany, but and maybe not Portugal, but Portugal has a really good young team and. Germany hasn't really turned over their team, you know, from last time. Spain has a good young team. I mean, you'd put them right in there. But anyway, you're going to have eight of the top, you know, certainly the top ten probably. Yeah. I mean, probably the other one you'd have in there so what was Italy, who's not in the tournament. Uh, Carmen, what was your favorite game of the World Cup so far? Favorite game? Oh, what was it? I think it ended 3-3. Who was it? I think it was an African country. And oh, yeah, that was like who a was couple that? days ago. Yeah. Oh. 
But my favorite moment. It was, it was a Ghana was it? and. I can't um, remember who they played. Yeah. Was, yeah. It, but I, my favorite moment, though, I'd have to say was the ending where Uruguay got bounced and yeah. Korea <laughs> went through. And it was just one of those, you know, like yeah. the, the happiness, the sadness, Those games the were like, fun to watch. Those okay. weird ones were yeah. like. Somebody's going to advance on the fair play rule. Right. It like, was what's by, going on. Right. It was by far the the closest group stage ever, statistically speaking. Yeah, right. Yeah. That you know there weren't there there were no teams that won and had nine points that won yeah. all three games and just dominated the group. It didn't happen. Yeah, and that's a credit. I mean. <laughs> Come on, FIFA now just figured out a way to make groups properly, yeah. right? I mean, the reason why it's a great tournament is they made the groups properly. Hey, do you know That's which? <laughs> do you know which Concacaf team made it to the knockout rounds? U.S. That's right. U.S. You know which teams from Concacaf didn't? Yeah, the rest. Oh. <laughs> Costa Rica yeah. came back admirably though and yeah. showed well. Like the t my Ticos, God bless you. Thank you for. Not laying an egg after that 7-0 loss to Spain. Yeah. Yikes. But there it, was that three minutes where oh, it was man. gonna be Japan yeah. and Costa yeah. Rica going through. It was crazy. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> That's right exactly I was like, what is going on? Losing <laughs> your mind. That was like that, those are the moments That's the World the Cup. Joy. I, That's the joy. I was like, uh, I was like, how is that even a conversation <laughs> right. right now? It was amazing. My <laughs> I hate to say it, my favorite match. <laughs> I think it, it was Belgium, Canada. And it was, it ended up like 1-1 one, one or even 0-0. Zero, zero. Like it wasn't whatever, but. Belgium barely won. Those two teams, they didn't look like they were in a World Cup at all. <laughs> it looked like first division or first game of the Premier League season. They just went at each other yeah. and nobody played any defense. And maybe yeah. that's why they're not through the group, right? Yeah. <laughs> but what an entertaining football match. I mean, yeah. it was up and down. The, you know, at one point, the commentator, like 30 minutes, was like, it's a pretty open game. I'm like, you think? <laughs> like, I, also, I also had a moment in that game, too. I was like, man, if only Alfonso Davies could have gotten U.S. citizenship and played for yeah. the U.S. Oh, team. Like, yes. I mean, we would be lights out with that guy. Uh, left back, yeah. No, oh. There'd be no Jedi. Oh, that'd be nice. What was your favorite, Mikey Dodds? Um, I think it was that whole Japan costa rica moment madness, yeah. I had, yeah, it yeah just the whole madness of it and even the mexico game i mean it was the mexico game was pretty great too where it was just all sorts of madness those were the weird ones that i actually had no horse in the game and uh -huh. i was just like where is this gonna go yeah who's gonna end up who's yeah. agony of defeat the glory of yeah. getting through Right. Right. And not, you know, a lot of that ultimately isn't going to matter for anything. Those teams aren't going to win the World Cup, now, but that's their moment. Now, Dave Tata Martino, our Atlanta United mm -hmm. coach, got a lot of crap, rightfully so, for his tactics uh, in, in the last game. What did you think of that, going five in the back? I think that, honestly... Um, it was pretty disastrous, I think. Tata Martino, it became a disaster when every single Mexican player got hurt. I mean, he's had the most disaster. Like, they had his golden generation. They're all hurt. Yeah. Like, most of them didn't even come to the World Cup with him. Yeah. So they were supposed to have this great generation when he joined it. And when I said when he joined it, I thought they were a real World Cup contender. But it was with all these players. So who, who are they missing? Well, I, I'm not great with the names, yeah. so I don't remember all the yeah, names. Yeah. But, okay. um, you know, even a guy like Jimenez who made the team, you know, he broke his skull. And oh, he's yeah. not been the same player oh, yeah. that he was at that moment. You yeah. know, from Wolves, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. He was terrific for Wolves. Yeah, yeah. He... So, I don't know. I don't know what Tata needed to do, but um, I think he got dealt a bad hand. Yeah. Um, 
And ironically, you know, he really wanted to coach the U.S. And at that time, when they made that decision, I said that Mexico has by far the better team than us. And that turned out not to be true at all. As soon as that happened, all those Mexican players got hurt. All the U.S. players, you know, emerged, you know, Musa, Giorena emerged from the shadows. And all of a sudden, we were like, whoa, we got the much better team. Right? So, you know, we have to find... We have to find a back four that can defend. The U.S. is going to continue to have great attacking players, right? I, I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. We're going to have players so, like Gio Reyna and whatever. And number nine has to emerge from an unknown name right now, correct? I think that's going to happen. I yeah. don't, I'm not worried about that because there will be guys who can score. But God bless, there ain't nobody. And this is not just a U.S. problem. Nobody besides the Italians know how to defend hmm. okay. and the Italians are crazy because all they do is defend and they because they all they do to defend is they're really vulnerable to an upset so they usually just they miss a World Cup and then the next one they win it and then <laughs> you know, because the World Cup to be honest the teams that have done really really well end up being the best defensive side so yeah. actually from that standpoint Right. If you're now going to predict it, you would actually look around and survey and say, who's been the best defensive side of the World Cup thus far? Yeah. Uh, out of those top teams, I, you know, it's hard to not say Netherlands has not played pretty well defensively, um, but Brazil has played pretty decent defensively. I mean, sort of of what we would consider to be the true favorite. So the Br- Brazil... Argentina, um, you know, France hasn't played England, awful. France, yeah, England's played solid. In of the those back. eight teams that we just talked about, who's yeah. the best defensive side? Who's going to be left? I think the best defensive side, honestly, is probably England. Yeah, you can yikes that all you want, but with Maguire, Shaw, yeah. Magu- Stone, Magu- who else? Edwin, what? Not, uh, what's his name? I can't blank Walker on and Walker. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're not playing bad. I'm trying to think. Have they let how many Carmen. goals? How many goals <laughs> has England let in this World Cup? Yeah, not, many. not a lot. Not so a lot. I mean, that's that's the stat you got to go to, right? And and I'd put Netherlands right up <sighs> there too, and France. So they lost a match. They gave up a goal. England did. They they blitzed the first game, right? They destroyed Iran. They tied us 0-0. They lost the game, so they gave up a goal. So I think that's like three or something. They didn't give up a goal uh, today. Yeah, Yeah, so two. Yeah, okay. All right. What do you think, Carmen? I, I don't a, think it's England. And I, yeah, I was about to say Brazil, but this la- the last game they played, they lost, right? Yeah, um, Cameroon won nothing. But yeah. But it wasn't a must-win game. They yeah. just, and they had a lot of second side. But yeah. what, what about those first games? Did they give up any but goals? I thought Casemiro he, was fabulous. He was good. I'm trying to think. Did they give up any? I think it was 2-0, and then what was the second game they did? I don't remember. And their keeper, I mean, they're going to have – their keeper's yeah. going to be good. Keeper's the best. Yeah, so – And even if they get hurt, the – Second best. Second best, I know. <laughs> so Brazil, I think, looked pretty good. What yeah. about yeah, France? They look good, too. Yeah. It's those Ooh, teams. Oh, yeah. But I still got to say the stats are stats, and England's probably looking the best as far as the, sh- as the sheets. Doesn't mean they're naturally the best defender. I hear you, Dave, uh-huh. if you just start poking at the back line. But, you know, they played well enough to only right, give up one goal, right? See. So the Netherlands in the first round gave up one. They gave up one to us. 
right? England gave up two in the first round and none today. Yeah. So two. Argentina two. gave up two. Um, All together. Yeah. In the, in the first round. And that was just Saudi Arabia, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. France has given up three. Yep. Um, although most of them is, were in garbage France, when they were blowing is, them out. Right? But France has looked really vulnerable at times. Like, I mean, that Poland game today, like, they should have put away three goals against France. Spain's given up three. So what about Portugal? Croatia, one. Portugal. Brazil, one. Okay. Portugal gave up some. Portugal, so Cameroon, four. Yeah. So, so Brazil it is. I think it's Brazil. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Brazil it is. Yeah. Brazil I thought, it is. Honestly, the smell test, and forget about goals against, but the smell test, I think France and Brazil look like the best defensive sides. I think when they up against it, uh, John Stones and Maguire are not going to hang. Who, who are your top two? France? France and Brazil. No, France is definitely not in the top two defense. No way. Like, I mean, did you watch the I – mean, this was the only game I watched – they should have scored on the Polish. I didn't the watch Polish the should have scored yeah. like four goals. I was watching today. my son, so I didn't. Yeah, see dude. It. Okay. They, yeah. They, they looked. They looked. They looked super dicey. I mean. Yeah, they haven't had a shutout yet. They keep saying they're worried. I mean, they're, yeah. The, you know the goal. Okay. Like, so they're, then they're going to be out. Yeah, there was a classic. Cut so that means England going to beat them. Probably. Ooh. If they're not really good defensively, England going to beat them. Yeah. You think? I think so. Like I, the so one thing that's that's been true of really traditional tournaments is that as you get on in the tournaments, that the team that advances as it gets tighter and tighter are the best defensive yeah. sides, not the attacking. Side. And Mbappe, like like I said, is going to require two people to play lights out on him. Right. But if you can get him frustrated, game they over. They have the perfect mm. guy to match up with that's him, Walker, point. right? Yeah. Because he's super physical and super fast. Yeah. And they've been resting him, getting him okay. back. He just played for the first time today. Yeah. So he's good and rested, and he's yeah, he the was, only guy who can stay with Mbappe. Okay. Yeah, he was, like, deemed, like, the best right back for a long time, right? Well, he, yeah, he, he, physically, he's just yeah. a freak specimen. And he's had, I think he's had some bad months recently. He's been injured, yeah. Okay, well, injured. But I think even leading up to the injury, he wasn't in his best confident state. I think he was getting beat. But I don't know. Maybe <laughs> he's got speed. That's what you need against. He Mbappe. certainly has the tools to be able to stay with Mbappe, which is yeah. what you need. Okay, man. Right. So what else, Dave? What else we got? Who's who's? I mean, it seems like Brazil is still our front runner. Yeah, uh, I'm still. I'm sticking with Brazil. I had Brazil nice. before the tournament, so, and I'm sticking with them. And I admit I lost the bet. France made it out of the uh, the, the <laughs> round of sixteen. Yeah, shock. Uh, but if had you watched the game, it really they were never going to lose to Poland. Dude, you should have watched the game. Yeah, but you know they England. they like look once the wheels fell off. It, but I mean, Poland should have scored. Well, that's the thing. You know, scored. these teams are good, right? You know, and so even if you're a dominant team, you give up that first goal, you can be in trouble, right? Yeah. I mean, if England yeah. gives up that first goal today against Senegal, they would have been in yeah. trouble too. And they, I mean, that's just it. I mean, in Poland, very much looked like they could have snagged that first goal quite easily today. They were, I mean, there was like 15 minutes there. It was like, how, I mean, how are they not scoring? There was a moment where, I mean, it was like, it was like one of those, like, how did it not go in the net? Like, yeah. well, any like, of the chances fall to Lewandowski? Cause he won't miss. It must not have been Lewandowski. He, he had one. He definitely had one. He had one. That, yeah. And the end of the game, he had the last play. He got a 
penalty kick goal to end end the game with the last second. But that's yeah. his last World Cup. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like even if Poland had figured out a way to put one of those in the back of the net, France would have just been like, okay, and here we go. Kind of here like they did go. against Australia. You just yeah, pissed them off. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair. So lots of soccer ahead. Atlanta United, anything to touch on there? We we already talked about the new president in the last yeah. podcast. Yep. We're in the Thiago Mata getting some heading into the silly season. Do you think Thiago Mata gets any more minutes? Like the thing about it was, if he played that well, which you think he did, he he's well. the kind of guy you could roll the dice with for the last ten minutes if you need a goal. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I was like, that might point. be the last thing. I'm hoping. We, I'm not hoping for an injury, but maybe I just want to see a little Tiago Mata. So he comes on in the 85th minute to score against Brazil. <sighs> <laughs> he's got the class. I mean, that's the thing. The guy, the kid, looks like when he's out there is like, what well, he he belonged there. He really did. He really did. He like really did. Argentina's defense when they have Lissandro Perez, <laughs> Lissandro Martinez, <laughs> Martinez. I mean, yeah. is much much better. Yeah, but he, I mean, I was eagle eyeing. Obviously, Tiago Amado when he was on the field, but he was looking to get involved, and they were involving him. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was cool. I don't know. That was my big takeaway. You got to worry. I mean, the Dutch are, you know, Van Gaal has opened up that side. You know, I wasn't really worried about them, um, and then we got crushed by them. And I I think Argentina's not going to – I think they're a better team, but, um, you know, they're dangerous. Yep. If Daly Blinn can score. <laughs> Anything is possible. So who well, do y'all have? We have Argentina and the Dutch. Who do y'all got? Um, is it Argentina and the Dutch? I think yeah, so. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Argentina Argentina versus, that's who we're picking? Yeah, you? who are you picking in that game? Oh, who are we picking oh, in that game? Argentina. Yeah, I think, you know, when it gets tight, the favorites are start going to go through. So I'm going to take Argentina also. Yeah. Okay. And France, England. England. That's this one. <laughs> See, I'm taking I'm taking France in that one. It's not a bad choice. Taking France in right. That's, I mean, they're yeah, scary. Yeah. I mean, like I said, Mbappe is just scary. Like when he wants to turn it on right now, and you could say that now all of a sudden it's his tournament, and Dave's about to pick France, and that's not a bad choice. But I just feel like. He wants to pick England. I feel like he wants to pick (laughs) defense wins World Cups and France is going to leave themselves exposed. You just convinced me to pick France because Stones and and, and, um, Maguire are not, not good enough. Okay. That's yeah, so France. It's a tough and, one. And if, if they hold on, uh, England, of course, is always losing yeah. a penalty. But kick. it's just, it's all <laughs> going to be, I mean, these matchups are already glorious they choices. Are. Like Argentina, so Netherlands, let's say if it that's goes such through, a great matchup. Well, we, we shouldn't pick. We don't want to pick ahead of, you know, games that didn't happen. Someone's going to lose. Someone's going to get upset. Yeah. You would think, mm-hmm. you know, this is what I said when Germany um, and Argentina lost their first games. But I said to you this, and I think. Maybe you or someone else was disagreeing with me. I said, one of them is going out in the first round. And we're like, no, no, they're all going to recover. I'm like, statistically speaking, one of them is going out. And statistically speaking, one of the favorites that's remaining, Brazil, um, Portugal, um, Spain, or Croatia, yeah. one of those four at least is going out, but statistically speaking. You, you got to say, though, the two, the two upsets, right, that didn't make it are Germany and belgium right mm-hmm. and to be fair they're the ones that 
aren't that much of a surprise really when you look at it, right? Like yep. golden generation of Belgium, they were already, there's a lot of talk that they missed their window and yeah. Germany, while you never count out Germany in a world cup, you were kind of like, I don't know that this is a real great German team. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, I mean, it didn't seem like that. That was to on the be table. Fair, it's a wide open draw. There's no dominant team in this yeah. world cup. It used to be that you know brazil you know if you go back to the 94 world cup in the u.s brazil had romario and bebeto they had a very good team around it and everybody kind of knew they were winning the whole thing i mean you know it could have happened that they didn't but they were heavily favored there is no heavy favorite like that in this tournament right it is a wide open i mean brazil argentina you know france england who's morocco uh, could all win it who's morocco play Morocco plays against Spain, right? Uh, I think they got a chance. Is that true? I Is hope so because in my I have I'm in a part of a betting pool and I got Morocco as my last team. <laughs> Since the U.S. got knocked, I'm I'm kind of cheering for Morocco over Spain. And Morocco versus Spain popped up. I don't know if that's yeah. actually what it's going to be. Though. Let's hope. Let's hope. What we got? Because yeah, yes, Tuesday at 10 a.m. Morocco versus Spain. Yeah. I think Spain is a, it got a little bit of false swagger after that 7-0 Costa Rica match. I don't see Switzerland beating Portugal. Well, I could be wrong. Oh, I forgot. I don't, I don't see that either. I think Portugal goes through too. And then you're then you're back into that sweet spot of let's say it's Spain and uh, yeah, it's going to be madness. But absolute I madness. Could see Japan stunning Croatia. I could see that too. I could see that. That's definitely going to be a barn burner. Yep. I mean, they're um, on the miracle run. Croatia's definitely the better team, yeah. but they're on a the miracle run. They're hot. Croatia's old. Yeah. Japan's young and fiery. Yeah. Like, I can see that. Yeah, I think Japan definitely could win that. Yeah. I mean, Japan could even go on to the, the semis, too. So, or that they're in the, this is round of 16 with Japan, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still the round of 16. The yeah. last one is so. Brazil, South Korea. I don't really see South Korea as beating Brazil. No, I do not. All right. So Sun could do it, but by himself, but he's going to have to do it. <laughs> have we talked about it all? I think so. We've all mentioned right. every match. So Carmen, I'm going to ask you to go down to the very bottom white thing on there. The bottom what? On the left side. On the <laughs> we left. Haven't, I think this would be a good time. Yeah, actually, Up a little bit. Yeah. That is up, up one. Don't click it yet, but. When we end here, what I was going to say is we, we should thank our sponsor. Oh, we should. Wild oh, Heaven yeah. Brewery. Yes. Um, they are gave us delicious beer. What was the name of this beer? They hadn't had it yet. ATL Easy Ale. It was which good. It was Ooh. very good. It was really good. Yeah. I, you know, I'm an EBD emergency drinking yeah. beer fan, but ATL Easy Ale might be my favorite Wild Heaven beer all of a sudden. It was really good. Although I may have OD'd on it because we didn't finish the keg. <laughs> at the, at the Did party. you try to finish the keg <laughs> yourself? You know me. I'm like, oh, the next day, I'm like, oh, we got free beer. You know? Like, ah. <laughs> Don't let it go to waste. Uh, yeah, because the next day was great, too, because it was like the Mexico. We had game. a lot of people going at it hard, too, but apparently yeah. no. Uh, I know. Maybe they have like a secret, it fills itself back up kind of cake, yeah. which would be awesome as their sponsor. Yeah, yeah. We also should mention the United Soccer Coaches Convention. Absolutely. That we're yes. heading towards in January. So looking forward, looking to, forward that. to that. Yeah, the Coaches Convention. So we got to figure out what gear we're going to bring. Uh, 
we got to order a banner. And for those of you who are out there with our new system, thank you, Mikey Dobbs. Thank you, Carmen, for this putting in this beautiful system. We will be able to take uh, people calling in on the video or the phone, I think. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, we'll be able to, I mean, I, I put a link out there on Twitter. If anybody wanted to join tonight, you just click on it, type in your name. And then Carmen's uh, the gatekeeper, whether she takes you backstage to front stage to join us in the fire. So it should be pretty seamless moving forward. We're going to continue to learn how to use this new software. And we might even have some special guests. We're not going to name them yet because we're not sure when they're coming on the podcast. But we're working on it. Stay tuned. Yeah.